What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show what up what up what up welcome back to lockdown universe home of the bizarre peculiar and unheard of stories of ufo legend and paranormal lore Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back, hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. So today I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about Bigfoot the Collector, and you might say, what the hell are you talking about, Lockdown Universe? I don't know what you're talking about, the, the Collector, well yeah, not the Bone Collector, okay, we're not talking morbid here, we're talking about a legitimate species that's coming down to collect certain elements and bring them back and catalog them by planet as they go across the galaxy into the next galaxy. They're going planet by planet, possibly even to to other other outer sections of other planets, like the moons of planets, and cataloging different pieces. So let's get into it. So um, Emery talks about how he did encounter not only the standard Bigfoot, like your your brown, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Slim Jim, <laughs> beef jerky, uh, Harry and the Hendersons style Bigfoot, but he also interacted with a skunk ape down in Florida, which is a, dip, a different type of primate, large uh, species, and then also a, a, a white yeti, uh, which is typically known as the uh, abominable snowman. So... All of these creatures, even though they might have historical, humor, humorous stories attached to them, all have a basis in reality. Now, when it comes to Bigfoot, a lot of people think of just this big hairy ape that may be our missing link and, and you know, is in the Patterson-Gimlin film and, you know, other people have captured questionable videos or possibly real videos, but don't know a whole lot about them, but... Not only Emery, but also um, Randy Kramer talked about how these species are incredibly intelligent. They're humorous. They love to play hide-and-seek, apparently. They are the hide-and-seek champions. And they do have uh, psionic abilities, like being able to blink in and out of existence. But what is one really interesting fact that Emery talks about is that these species actually go to different planets to collect um, flowers, to collect... Um, plant life to not kill. They're not allowed to kill. Um, although they might let out a terrifying screech and some of these Bigfoot hunters might capture it on film or audio tape. Um, it's, it's one of the multiple ways that they can communicate. I mean, let's face it. Imagine stubbing your toe in the middle of the night in the forest. How are you going to respond? Probably a lot worse than what that big scream is, right? We're going to yell out a whole bunch of profanities and, uh, you know, 
start calling out some deities and you know all kinds of stuff so <laughs> these uh these species you know they come here they they have a mission their mission is to collect and catalog as much as they can so that they can bring it back to their catalog and use it for their benefits so that they can use you know keep in mind our own ancestors cataloged our own plant life for medicinal purposes that's exactly what these species are trying to do they're trying to catalog categorize um, all of the different medicinal properties all of the the potential benefits of these different plant life on different planets so that they can they can heal they can cure they can uh, treat and 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 assist different symptoms that they might uh, they might encounter. Now you could also say and, and potentially theorize about grabbing some of these plant life from different planets and then using them to understand the planet's biology so that you can either create a hybrid, which we haven't heard of. We have not heard of a, uh, a Bigfoot human hybrid yet that I'm aware of. Um, or you could use the plant life simply to create medicines. Or you might be able to find a plant life that can create a new energy source for you. Just think about how we use corn to make ethanol. You know, that's that's easy. That's easy. You know, it's it's not it's probably not what aliens use to get around to go from their house to Kmart, but you know, it's something that could be used for fuel for some reason. Uh, so that's another another potential aspect. Now, what I find fascinating is that there's not too many other species out there doing this, right? We have greys who seem to be really interested in our nuclear capabilities and show up to our nuclear depots and steal material out, like I talked about in one of the previous podcasts. We have reptilians that seem to want to just dominate the world and prance around and do the body snatcher technique and just pretend they're us. Um or hide underground we have um many other species that are underground um we have praying mantis you know and mantoid beings that seem to assist us with um, all kinds of technology we have pterodactyl species that help us with the wisdoms and long lost histories of the world i mean the list goes on and on and on we've got nordics that seem to be assisting us in battle um, against reptilians and space battles. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting species out there. But what's interesting is we rarely hear about them collecting anything. But what do we see out in the forest? We see these Bigfoot-like creatures, right? We hear all these stories up in the Northwest, in, the, in Washington, Oregon State, um, even, even as far east as Idaho. And then we have down in the south... Uh, east, we have the Florida skunk ape. We have uh, other species that have been seen in South Carolina and Georgia as well. So, and then we've got Yeti, right, who's in the colder climates. So, these species are all completing a mission. They all have a purpose, but it's not the other purposes of the other species, like hybridization, world domination, that kind of thing. They're they're almost kind of like we used to be, where we were kind of like gathering and cataloging information only they're going from planet to planet to do it and what happens is a lot of people question this is why is Bigfoot still on planet earth well the the theory is that and Emery talked about this is that he understands and was briefed that some of these species are here and they're they're seen in aircraft they're seen in spacecraft they're seen in in um their own type of craft some of them are similar to um, disc-shaped craft. 
Uh, and we have had reports from uh, just civilians that they saw a Bigfoot come out of a, uh, a disc-shaped craft. However, there are some species or some individuals that are stuck here, other individual Bigfoot that are stuck here because they either couldn't get back onto their craft before it was time to leave, they became sick, um, and he states that when they're sick, they can't use their their mental t telekinesis to transport them across any distance. So they use this this like uh, psionic transportation, um, or I guess kind of like the Nightcrawler in X Men. You know how he could he could tr transport himself, teleport himself, whatever you want to say, uh, from one sex section to another one area to another that's exactly what the bigfoot can do um however he stated and this is within his briefings actually in emory's briefings that if they become sick if they go to a planet and they they get ill for some reason off of the bacteria or, or for whatever reason maybe they caught a cold on their ship or or a flu that if they become sick while doing their mission on the planet on whatever planet they're on they basically get stuck there if they can't use their skills to get back to their ship. If they're too far away, they can't get back. Which is kind of interesting to me because although they have the, the mental psionic capability to, to teleport themselves, you would think that they have come along so far with their technology to create some sort of transportation device that just pop, beam them right back into their ship. I don't, I'm not them, right? So I, I'm just theorizing here, but I would think a species that's that far developed would have some sort of backup system so they don't get stuck. Could it be that maybe some of them chose to stay here? You, you have to wonder, right? Let's imagine you're a human pilot. You go to another planet. You know what it's like on Earth. Full of greed, full of hate for our, you know, other humans, you know, all kinds of, you know, nasty stuff going on down here. Pollution, you know, people living in poverty. But let's imagine that you go to a planet that's relatively decent compared to yours. And you have the capability to blink in and out of existence so you really can't get caught by whatever indigenous species is there. And you have total freedom. And you can prance about this world as much as you want. And it's a nice climate that you're comfortable in. It's not a hot, sticky uh, climate that you're used to. Maybe maybe the Bigfoot's climate is hot as hell and, you know, 150 degrees. And they come here and they're like, oh, man, this is only 80 degrees. I can live in this, you know, or this is 75. This is fantastic. Um, you know, you, you as a human might want us to stay on that planet. So it is possible that these some of these Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, you know, so on and so forth, might just want to stay here for a bit, gather up as much information as they can. Maybe they maybe their mission is to be here for like a decade or two or three or four. Maybe they live 150, 250, 350 years. So being here for a few decades really isn't that big of a deal. Uh, you know, for us, it would be for us, it would be a lifetime because going from like 20 years old enlisting in whatever, you know, military segment goes and investigates other planets and then staying there until you're 50, that would be basically your entire life. You'd be giving it away. But for just a small portion of their life, well, that might not be that big of a deal. 
there was an individual who stated he was abducted by a Bigfoot and then and then brought to his family where they lived a very peaceful life, a uh, very simplistic life, and they would cook and, and cooked for him for a few days and then he was released um, or he escaped or something like that. I think he... I think he drugged the Bigfoot with his, his pouch of tobacco, and they all got sick and he was able to run away, something like that. So, you know, it, it, the Bigfoot question continues to be one of those that we always want to explore and want to learn more about. Again, many reports seem to state that Bigfoot is an affable, laughable kind of guy, kind of almost comedian-type species, um, that they, they're here for gathering and categorizing our plant life and our ecological system uh, they're not here to harm us they are not allowed to per their law uh, so not much to fear there uh, just like that notice that was sent out by california and, and uh, what was it texas or new mexico or something like that stated that there's nothing to fear um, and Although there have been reports of like malicious type of behavior, like a Bigfoot style or Bigfoot uh, type creature banging into cars in Washington State on a rainy night, I've seen uh, I've seen an episode of like a, a mystery series about that and, and a woman testifying to that. Um, but maybe you know it seems like those are pretty few and far between. Seems like you see Bigfoot, he usually pops out of existence and he's gone pretty quick. Not too many people get chased. Not too many people get injured. And this thing really doesn't want much to do with the human race at all. They want to be left alone. And apparently they work really well independently. So they don't need a crew. They don't need a bunch of people. They can survive on their own. They can gather their information on their own. They have the capabilities to do that, uh, and they do have some technologies as well. So they are a fascinating species. They continue to be one of the most fascinating species and most popularized in, in, in modern culture, uh, and they're just a fun species to, to talk about. So wanted to bring that up. I thought it was interesting. Um, a lot of people do have their own personal experiences. Uh, even Emery had his own personal experiences, a few experiences outside of the projects before he even went into the projects almost makes you wonder if the government sent out a couple different species to go see how he would respond to check him out before they brought him in but uh, you know that's a that's a tale that a lot of people say before they get brought into these projects they say they they get tested the government knows they're coming in and they know that they need to test them in order to see their reactions and whether or not they're capable of handling that kind of surprise. And uh, if they pass the test, then they bring them in, right? So it's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. Anyway, guys, I hope you guys are having a splendid Bigfoot kind of day yourselves, being magical and mysterious and blinking out of existence to where you want to be and where you feel comfortable and where you feel positive and and creative uh, i hope you guys are continuing to follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams taking care of your physical spiritual emotional health and as always continue to question the universe around you Till next time guys take care and lockdown universe out